Welcome to Wide Awake Stories from Insomniac. This is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience. <laughs> Broadcasting from the Insomniac HQ, this is Wide Awake Stories. So welcome to an all new episode of Wide Awake Stories. This is our new monthly radio show from Insomniac HQ. We are here in the booth. I am Rich Thomas. We got Rob Seamus here. Hey, Rich. We got John over there. Hello. Hey, John. And we got a special musical guest in the office today. We got the entire Dave Matthews band. Hey, Dave, say hello. How's it going? Brought the band. (laughs) We're missing Sam, though. Sam is lost in transit somewhere between Amsterdam and Los Angeles. Yep, somewhere over the sea. So I want to give a special shout out to all the people who tuned into our first episode, everyone who wrote in, everyone who found us on socials to share their story with us here, the Wide Awake team. You can find us on iTunes by searching for Wide Awake Stories. And you can also check out episodes on the Insomniac events, SoundCloud, and YouTube channels. And don't forget Mixcloud for all the people out there still using Mixcloud. <laughs> There's one or two of those. So there's been a lot going on here at Insomniac since our last episode. Of course, we just had Escape Psycho Circus at NOS over the weekend. It was an amazing show. And we've got two big EDCs on the horizon. We've got EDC Orlando coming up. You've got EDC India, if you can believe it, happening the week after Orlando. And uh, soon EDC Antarctica and EDC South Africa. (laughs) (laughs) When's that one happening? Yeah. No, but in all seriousness, we do have some pretty big EDC announcements uh, coming down the pipeline. So stay tuned to insomniac.com for all those announcements. You, you definitely don't want to miss what's up. David, what else have we had going on this month at, at Insomniac HQ? Well, if you might have noticed, we've just released our second edition of Insomniac Illustrated, our comic that we began this year at EDC Las Vegas. Yeah, those are fun to put together. I've had a lot of fun doing that. And it's photos taken at the event. So if you were there and one of our Insomniac photo team came up and and shot your picture, there's a good chance that you might be brought to life comic book style in uh, Insomniac Illustrated. Yeah, I was reading through the comments this morning and and watching people tag themselves and, you know, tagging their friends that made it into the comic and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, You pay good money to have a comic book version of you done at like Disneyland. and, And this is free. And uh, for some of you who may have missed it, we also announced Middlelands, which is our newest festival. It's a joint venture with C3, the people that brought you Lollapalooza. And that's happening in Texas. If you've got all your best Renaissance Fair gear and you love dance music and other kinds of music as well, and you like big turkey legs and and mutton and uh, horns of ale, this is definitely a show that you don't want to miss. And camping. And camping. There's going to be a whole lot of camping. you got to imagine the... The creativity that's going to go behind this uh, new Middleland show with the minds behind Lollapalooza and Electric Daisy Carnival. I can't even imagine what's going to happen. I'm super stoked. I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, the elephant in the room, the, the, the biggest thing that's happened at HQ that we haven't talked about is, uh, of course, the advent of the Juicero machines. Oh, Juicero my God. for life. <laughs> the, whole, the whole office is juicing. What is Juicero, Rob? Goodness. <laughs> In a little eight ounce cup is what it is. Little tiny no, packets a, of heaven. It's a drop of life every every drop. No, I sit right by the damn machine. So every time somebody goes up and, and starts making themselves a cold pressed juice, 
I get an urge for a cold breast juice myself. <laughs> yeah, so so shout out to Pasquale for for hooking us all up at HQ with uh, this amazing juice stuff. Keep us all healthy and, and functioning for all the EDCs that we've got to uh, to put together for all you guys. You know, John Rich, you guys missed it last week, but we had a Halloween party on the roof, and we were mixing cocktails with cold pressed juice from the Juicero machine. Ooh. It's like healthy but fun at the same time. <laughs> sure, <laughs> healthy drunk. Tequila and beets. <laughs> no, like tequila and green juice is actually pretty damn good, whatever it was. Yeah, who would have thought? Yeah. So, but back to the main reason why we're here. Uh, this is the second episode of Wide Awake Stories. Our first episode focused on plur and broke down each letter and how it relates to different people who are either a part of our festivals or who come to our festivals or who are just involved in dance music culture. For this show, we're going to talk about a topic that's near and dear to, I think, everyone's heart, uh, self-expression. Absolutely. Every time we step into one of our festivals, self-expression is everywhere from your totems, your costumes to flags, things that people ride on their cars, yeah. rave families everywhere, face paint, everything. I know back in the early days of my early raving days, I had a, a pair of fat pants, but I was always pretty mellow when it came to self-expression. I never did a lot of candy. I never did any sort of crazy outfits. I, I had fat pants and that was about it. I made a pair of pants or two myself. You did. Ro- Ro- did Rob Seema's originals? They were. They were. Do, do you still have them? They're probably valuable now. <laughs> oh, I can't remember what happened to them. They probably <laughs> fell apart. There's so many ways to express yourself, and we've seen just about every form at our shows. And this episode is exploring the concept of self-expression and what that means to you as headliners. So we talked to some good people for this episode, Rich. Who did you get a chance to speak with? So I sat down with uh, our very own director of imagination and head rabbit, Bunny, from (laughs) Rabbit in the Moon, uh, who is one of the first bands that I was ever really influenced by. They brought a true level of of showmanship and performance art to every single Rabbit in the Moon show. And uh, we spoke about what it was like back in those days being a pioneer and also what it's like as uh, being a member of the Insomniac team, being an experienced creator, how he can take his own vision of self-expression and apply it to all these different shows that we do. Do you remember the first time you saw Rabbit in the Moon? Uh, I I could never forget. It was definitely at either an EDC or a Nocturnal. And I, my mind was blown. Mine was on the beach in Ultra for the very first Ultra in South Beach. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think it was 99. We've also got a special treat for you guys. We're debuting a new Rabbit in the Moon track. First time ever heard outside of uh, Insomniac HQ. So uh, that's going to come up right after Bunny's interview. So stick around for that. It's called Feet Don't Touch the Ground. And John, you got a chat with Dream Rockwell from Lucent Dossier. How was that? That's right. I spoke to Dream Rockwell, who is just as interesting as her name suggests. She's the founder of the Lucent Dossier Experience, which is a performance troupe that trips out fans at shows and festivals, as well as residencies at clubs here in LA and beyond. She's also one of the original founders of the Do Lab and one of the original founders of Lightning in the Bottle, which both are exploding on the scene right now in the past two to four years. Yeah, that what they do is pretty immersive and ultra creative. And I mean, I remember the first time I saw them too. They're another one of those entities where you never forget the first time you see them. 
We also had the opportunity to chat with Lady Casa in Florida. Yeah, someone who many of you have probably seen at our shows from from Vegas to Orlando and everywhere in between. She really gets around to all of our festivals. She talked to us about her personal growth within the scene, um, her inspiration, her journey, and, and the meanings behind her attire and expressive nature. She also spoke about her growth in a very full circle kind of way, you know, from her beginnings as a young raver, the baby of a Ray family, and to eventually evolving into a wise mother figure of the group. She really goes all out every time I've seen her at a show. She does not half-step it at all. And she really is kind of a scene celebrity, too. I mean, she's quite the definition of self-expression. For sure. And that's a whole other area, these kind of social raver influencers. It's that's something that hasn't been around for a long time, but it's, I mean, it's a big deal now, you know? Very hashtag millennial. So that was kind of the rundown of what we have coming up for this show. And to kick things off, we're going to introduce this thing called Raving Reporter. I think we're calling it Raving Reporter. Let's let's call it the Raving Reporter because this guy that I met at EDC Las Vegas earlier this, this summer was exactly just that raving and ranting about who knows what. So let me set the scene up for you. It was uh, day three. I guess morning, day four of EDC Las Vegas, 2016. It's about 6.30 or 7 in the morning, and I'm dead tired. All the headliners are dead tired from three days of raving and dancing, and I'm recording audio and saying goodbye to people for the first episode of Wide Awake Stories, and this guy comes up and just grabs my mic and starts talking about political conspiracies, uh, the Illuminati, and... It was really like the most random thing I've ever heard. And I just gave him the mic. I did not interrupt him. I let him go and rave and rave and rave and rant and rant and rant. And it became this amazing speech about freedom of, of thought and freedom of mind within today's modern world of, of technology and conspiracy. Now, he definitely started preaching a little bit for sure. And then he got like a little crowd of people started to Absolutely. gather around and he started bringing other people into the conversation. It, yeah. it was pretty epic. It was really epic, actually. Yeah, and, and what better way to kick off an episode focused on self-expression than to hear one man really just go off on all the things that he's concerned with, all, all the ails of the world, where we should be spending our time, what food we should be eating. I mean, he was expressing himself to the fullest degree. Wide Awake Stories. Raving Reporter. Are you recording this? You guys understand what's going on with the meat? What's the tidbits, after they do all the fillets, the New York strip, all the shanks, they take all the tidbits, put it all together, they grind it up, they put acetone, they whitewash it with acetone, and they put pink slime and create hamburger meat, taco meat, Taco Bell, McDonald's. See, it's too crazy to believe. Do your research. We have to wake up. The power is in our hands. You see what's going on with the politics right now? Doesn't everyone feel helpless? When in reality, we have all the power. We have to create a government that works for us. We are literally distracted with NBA Finals. LeBron James, LeBron James. All you hear, we are idolizing the wrong people. We don't idolize the family, the church, the state, no more. We are teaching garbage. We are eating garbage. How are we the, most, how are we the wealthiest country on the planet, and yet we have one of the worst health cares? How is that even possible? How is it that our roads are constantly under construction. Do you know how much money Las Vegas as a city makes every year? I can't even Not say it. It'll make you throw up how much. Miami's even, it's even worse. A lot of money being thrown out. You see Ferraris, Lamborghinis over there, but the divide of income, social, 
and financial inequalities are so large in different cities that people don't even realize all the stuff that's going on in Flint, Michigan. And this is a perfect opportunity right now. Everybody's got two ears and this should do twice as much as listening as, do, as they do talking. This is a perfect opportunity to get the young people together and actually make a difference. Because if you say wah, 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 and you feel helpless, you don't get them on their base level. If I'm out here with a megaphone, I guarantee that I'd change people's lives right now. The owner of five hour energy is worth $1 billion. Those are the people that we need running our country and our planet. People that invest in actual communities. People that actually fix the problem, not mask the problem. The whole pharmaceutical industry, the whole military industrial complex. We are living upside down. I want to say something on this radio show. Six, 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 great. How many people heard that one? A million people, right? Subliminal messaging. It gets crazy and deep. You know, and you can say I'm a conspiracy theorist at the same time, but there's a lot of subliminal realities that people don't really, they don't really see or are aware of. You know, people are actually listening, listening right now. I'm changing their lives by the very fact of asking them a question about a million dollars. Hey, sir, has anybody asked you if I gave you a million dollars, what would you invest it in? Has anybody ever asked you that question before? No. Okay, I just changed your life. How many hours a week do you work? I work 50. Oh my God, 50 too many. If you, you should work for yourself. You know what the most valuable commodity on the planet is? What's that? Time, um, amigo. You can um, never get it back. It can never be replicated. Yeah. Stop wasting your time. Life is cliche. It's all the puzzle pieces. The Matrix movie is literally the most ideal representation of what's going on right now in the sense of people being aware and not aware. Being dumbed down with water. And with that, with those words, I part. Wide awake stories from Insomniac. Apparently, McDonald's is not a good thing to eat. I mean, I knew that going into this interview, but uh, it kind of hit home afterwards. That pink sludge. That guy reached me. I think that was directed at me most of all. Uh, I ate a little too much McDonald's. John, what was it like talking to that guy? It was eye-opening. It was fascinating just to see, like Rich was saying, one dude just spitting on the mic and then having just a crowd of people listening and watching him just go off the cuff and off the off the mind out of nowhere, dropping some really good knowledge. Nuggets. Yeah, that was pretty profound. Knowledge nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Rave nuggets. Rave nuggets. <laughs> if you recognize that voice or if that voice is you, please, please. hit us up. You want free tickets, we'll hook you up just for saying all that nonsense or truth, whatever you, however you want to see it. It's great. Please hit us up. Yeah, that, I mean, that really is the coolest part of our gig, walking around and, and putting a microphone in front of people and, and seeing what we get. You know, some people really are not shy when it comes to uh, to sharing their feelings and expressing themselves. And that's how this show was born. We walk around all of our festivals, finding all these incredible stories, and we wanted to bring them here um, to Wide Awake Stories. So if you have one, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, hashtag Wide Awake Stories. Find us on insomniac.com and let us know what you have on your mind. You can also email us at editorial at insomniac.com. Our next stop is EDC Orlando this coming weekend. So if you see us out there, John, you're going to be there. I will be there with the beautiful Floridian headliners, yes. Yeah, so if you spot them, hit them up. Tell them your story. Look for us. We got the big old mics and uh, headphones and uh, maybe a recorder somewhere, a pencil, pocket protector. You know how us writer types roll. Believe me, our mics are big. <laughs> we got big old mics. Oh okay, Donald Trump. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> You're now tuned into Wide Awake Stories, Episode 2, Self-Expression, the Express Yourself episode. And uh, we're going to move into uh, a really amazing interview that John did with uh, Dream Rockwell from the Lucent Dossier Experience. 
Dream Rockwell is by far one of the most fascinating people I've ever met. She is the founder of Lucent Dossier Experience. She's one of the original founders of the Do Lab and the Lightning in a Bottle Festival. So we talked about self-expression, what it means for her as an artist and also someone who leads a number of creatives under her wing. I really enjoy the way she operates the Lucent Dossier Experience as a group. As you'll hear her say, they may follow a certain routine, but each member can do whatever they want and express themselves in however they feel, which then creates a unique performance every single time. So here's Dream Rockwell talking about self-expression. Artist Relations. I'm Dream Rockwell, co-founder of Lightning in a Bottle Festival and the Do Lab and founder of Lucent Dossier Experience. My particular art form these days is is mainly in costuming and helping other people to express themselves with their art forms. Lucent Dossier is a performance company. We perform at festivals and theaters, but we also do uh, something that's a little more immersive, and that's really what we love to do, where the fans and the performers become one, and we create worlds, and they come into them. So that's that's what we get most excited about. Uh, we also do festivals. We play Lightning in a Bottle. We play Coachella. We just did the Sahara Tent Friday night, where we launched uh, new technology, a 3D immersive technology. So we love all those big shows. Those are fun to do, but we get most excited when we can create worlds that people come into and we can have one-on-one -on -one interactions with our fans. Our favorite thing is when the audience becomes part of the show. That's the best. And, and often people show up with these big personalities and they just like morph right in and to someone else in the room, they might not know if they're part of the show or not part of the show. And that's really what makes it the most fun and those are the shows that we love our first show was in 2005 and then we really kind of came on to our own in 2006 and 2006 was when we went on tour with panic at the disco and uh then shortly after that tour we were on the road with uh motley crew and aerosmith and that really landed us in the map and then in 2008 we opened up our residency at the Edison where we really got to explore our immersive world and that was kind of it we've been rolling ever since then all over the world every show that we do is always custom I don't I don't think we've ever done two shows that were the same ever and that's the that makes it the most fun for us to keep changing and growing I'm I was a professional dancer and I was in shows Sometimes the longest one I was in was a year and a half and we did the same thing every single night. And I never felt like an artist. I never really felt self-expressed. I just felt like somebody who was mimicking what I was told to do and doing it night after night. So when, um, when I started Lucent, one of the main things in my mind was I will never ask performers to do the same thing twice. What I'll ask them to do is what they feel within them. Maybe they have to do the same dance moves, but how they do it and how they express themselves through it will change night to night. But even in the dance moves, we don't we change them all the time too. We just do for excitement. As far as like past shows, I would say the most challenging one that we ever did was the Motley Crew, because you know they're an animal of their own. <laughs> um, and I'm really all about, changing the paradigm for which women and young girls live within. I find 
that uh, the world that I grew up in and what was possible for women was super stifling for me. And I've always felt like there just wasn't enough female role models. So the women that we put up on stage in Lucent are often incredibly powerful and, um, and sensual but not really sexual so or sexy like we do things in kind of our own way so when we got under the umbrella of motley crew on on that tour they suddenly wanted you know their thing you know girls 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 <laughs> and it was so we created this crazy show for them with, with these kind of like very powerful warrior girls with fire and all this crazy stuff and when we brought it in and showed them what we were going to do and we were so excited about it they were like um we're going to put some stripper poles up can you guys just swing around them yeah take that out and yeah just go over to the pole and i mean it was so intense for us it was that's the hardest thing we ever did it, and it's the most we ever compromised and I wouldn't compromise like that again. I did back then because we were so young and new, um, but I would never make that kind of compromise again. Self-expression to me is, I think it's the most important thing for a human. I, I feel like when I'm not self-expressed, I can't get it out of bed. You know, my heart goes out to people who work jobs like at a bank or, you know, somewhere where they're not able to fully express themselves unless, you know, that is your self-expression because some people love money and maybe that's their self-expression. I mean, everybody has their own way of expressing themselves. But for me, if I'm not able to do my art and I'm not able to work with artists, because my I think my art is helping other artists develop their art. That's my art. I love to sit in a room with performers and bring out the best in them and help them to tell their story. I love that. It, it moves my soul. When we're um, invited to a festival or invited to collaborate with a project that already has its own artistic expression, I think for us, the way that we meld in and, and, um, and create our harmonious co-expression with them is basically what, who are their fans who's coming who are these people that are coming to see the show and what what would get them excited what would they love so for example for Coachella this year um, we could see the turn towards a lot of technology so we wanted to go see if we could explore that ourselves so we collaborated with a company called uh, 3, uh, 3D Live and they developed a technology for Michael Jackson and then for his tour and then he passed away and for legal reasons that technology was shelved for a while and wasn't able to be used but um, th this year they were able to actually uh, work with us and share that technology with us and we were able to share it with uh, Coachella and then when we came to Lightning in a Bottle um, it's a more eco-festival. We didn't want to be passing out 3D glasses to everyone, the plastic, the, you know, we just felt like something different was more appropriate for lightning in a bottle. And so we 
developed a show where we brought in a um, Shipibo uh, maestro who is he, he runs he's like a doctor in in the Amazon who works with people who have um, emotional or physical illness and he runs ceremony for them so we brought him in and he opened our show for us and we did a very I would say sort of shamanic show or something you know a little more in the realm of spirituality and healing which we felt was more appropriate to the people that come to lightning in a bottle what they're what they're looking for i think people come to lightning in a bottle for fun but they also come for healing because of the transformational aspects of the festival so in that way we're we're always molding ourselves to the audience of whatever particular show we're doing I think one of the challenges when you're in a leadership position and you have a lot of responsibilities is definitely finding your own self-expression. Because my self-expression right now is helping other people find their self-expression, sometimes, um, you know, I do want to just run away and like go figure out what what it is that is exciting me right now. But I, I think... I keep coming back to just loving what I do. I love creating lightning in a bottle. I love working with all of the artists and the different people that come through the festival, in particular the transformational aspect of it. And I love Lucent. I love what I'm doing. Do I wish sometimes that I could just sit on a beach and paint a sunset? Yeah, I do. I, I would love to try out something like that. And I'm definitely trying to carve out some time for me to do, to see what else I'm interested in and what else might come through for me I'm also a new mom so we'll see we're, we're that you know the painting of the sunset might, might have to wait a few years <laughs> I think my advice to anyone who's struggling to find their own self-expression is the first key is to release judgment it's the thing that stops us so you have to be willing to make mistakes and fall on your face and do things that are crappy and and be okay with it and just keep going years ago when i was younger and i was first you know finding my expression i remember i made a piece of artwork and it was awful when i got done i was like this is awful and for years just thinking about that awful thing I did stop me from doing anything else and I literally had to go to Burning Man and see all of the um, celebration of like both beautiful and kind of crappy art that um, that I realized like wow even crappy art can be fun so I should just give it another try let me just try again and be less judgmental of myself. I think Burning Man helped me so much because it's so dirty and crazy and wild and like reckless there that it makes everything seem possible. And we're in a world where advertising is showing us so much perfection and television is showing us so much perfection and it's unrealistic to the human experience. I am not perfect. You know, I don't live in a perfect world myself so all these images that i was shown were just making me beat myself up about who i was naturally so the first thing i would say is know that 
what you're seeing on TV and what you're being shown, even all the big artists who, you know, if you look at Beyonce and like um, Katy Perry, it's all so perfected, but it's not the truth of who they are. It's not the truth of the world. So let yourself be raw, let yourself be dirty, let yourself be broken and be okay with all of that. And out of that will come your expression. This is Wide Awake Stories. So that was Dream Rockwell. You're listening to Wide Awake Stories, episode two. And today we're talking about self-expression. And she is one of the most creative and self-expressive people I've ever met. But it took her a while to get there and it took her a while to find her best form of self-expression. And what I learned from her the most in our insightful conversation was to not be afraid to be yourself. Let yourself be yourself and you'll find your form of self-expression. Yeah, you do you, as the kids say. You <laughs> do you. You do you. Because doing me is what got me here, baby. That little tidbit about uh, Motley Crue is pretty damn funny, too. That was an amazing story. So for those of you headliners who are living in L.A. or visiting the area, the Lucent Dossier Experience just kicked off a weekly residency at Clifton's in downtown L.A., so make sure you hit that up. So coming up next, we have Bunny from Rabbit in the Moon. Rich, you got to talk to Bunny. So Bunny and I had a chance to sit down and talk about Rabbit in the Moon, talk about what it was like being a pioneer of that style of electronic music back at that time and uh, the artists that he really kind of looked up to as, as, as front men and showmen and, uh, and the whole legion of people that kind of they inspired as well. And um, he has some very strong thoughts about today's rock star DJs, if you will. This is Wide Awake Stories. So I'm sitting here with Bunny from Rabbit in the Moon, and for an episode about self-expression, I can't think of anyone who has parlayed their own creative expression into an entity as big and influential as Rabbit in the Moon. So let's start by talking about Rabbit in the Moon and and how the group came about and where you guys were operating out of and, and what was happening in dance music culture at the time. Uh, Rabbit in the Moon for the new kids, uh, we're, we were wanting to do something that was a audiovisual experience that was immersive and creating characters instead of just seeing DJ put their hand in the air. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but what we wanted to do was tell abstract stories through performance. And uh, really kind of, I don't, there haven't been too many people since then that have done it. And so this is 1993 uh, in a, more of a rock world coming into the uh, dance movement where you didn't really pay attention to the DJ and creating a show that would um, make people feel something. Performance art in dance music has uh, uh, come a long way, but still isn't, uh, there aren't too many front men in dance music. Having front men in dance music is what takes it to that next level. You know, um, uh, the the people that have uh, picked up the torch in in this in, in this era. You know, um, the Steve Aoki's, uh, uh, the people who are rock stars on stage. Uh, just the hand in the air. It, I think people are sick of that and want to uh, experience something from a front man that doesn't have to uh, preach to them or talk to them. It's a vibe. And that's Rabbit in the Moon wanted to create that um, that world where you, you believe what is happening, and there's it, it's not just 
a dancer on stage or a, a gag. It, it's a vibe. Uh, kind of, I mean, I, I wanted to create uh, a shaman, uh, a spiritual leader for, uh, you know, a, a multitude of people to funnel their energy back at them and uh, through a performance. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud to know that you know, kind of being one of the forefront people doing that, that um, no one has really done it since. Uh, and it, um, you know, being back together and, and playing EDC Orlando is is really exciting to me to be able to show the young people what that is about and what it, what that's going to feel like. Because uh, watching a video, it's just it's not the same as as being there and being present together. Obviously, Rabbit in the Moon was operating in the early 90s. And like you said, there weren't a lot of people. There wasn't really anyone doing specifically what you were doing. So who were you influenced by? I mean, if that if those influences came from the rock world or the kind of theatrical world, uh, who were you trying to channel when you would get up there on stage? Um, there, There's only a handful of people in the history of, of modern music, rock included, that I would consider like the godfathers of being a frontman. You know, um, Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction, um, Angelo from Fishbone. Uh, I would say performance-wise, uh, a group called Me Beat Manifesto. I came from the industrial world. Uh, the basically the it's what uh, it's where techno came from to to the young kids today. That's techno came from industrial and the those roots of industrial music uh you know repetitive uh you know bang banging of metal in in a warehouse vibe and uh you know uh the the best front front man i you know i like jim morrison is another person that i would say you know channeling i i always wanted to be somewhere between jim morrison and hitler uh, <laughs> that isn't very PC, but uh, just as far as mind control, um, being able to manipulate the emotions of, of a, a mass group of people, you know, playing to 20,000 people and being able to control their emotions and make them believe something is, is power. And uh, that that's what a good frontman can do. And dance music, we need more, more of that. Uh, you know, a, a more stories being told, more, a, more interaction, and le less just you know playing pre-done mixes. And um, you know, it, it can be political. It can be, you know, abstract stories. It doesn't matter what it is. We need more of it in dance music. I'd seen. I've seen my fair share of Rabbit in the Moon shows, and what I was always blown away by is a new character would come out on stage, whether it was the guy in the suit that looked like it was completely made of muscle or with all the glow sticks uh, or the mirror outfit. All of those characters came from somewhere. Um, would you just sit around and, and kind of think, oh, I, this would be cool, let me try this, or, you know, I've always wanted to do that. Was there ever any sort of filter or barrier keeping you from taking something that happened in your mind and getting it on stage? Was there an idea that was so crazy that it couldn't happen? Or did you really just kind of express everything that you wanted to be on stage? Did you find a way to make it happen? I mean, most of the concepts came from dreams. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I believe that we need to pay as, as human beings, we need to pay more attention to our subconscious and, and the dream world. 
uh, at, when we're children, we, you know, I think you recall your dreams more. Most people, you know, older now don't, they don't even remember, even realize they're dreaming anymore. Uh, and that connection with the dream world is, uh, you know, a very strong thing. And, uh, you know, from Native Americans to, uh, you know, uh, spirituality in general and uh, the connection with, with the dream world is, is important for, for that creativity. Uh, some of the things were, were uh, some concepts were inspired by um, paintings or films that I had seen. Uh, like the sloth suit, for instance, that, that came from the Dark Crystal. Uh, uh, and, you know, the, the idea of taking this uh, creature uh, that, lived, that came from the forest but was lost in the city. And uh, all, the, all those concepts, uh, you know, said some, uh, you know, I had gotten an idea from the movie The Cell. Uh, you know, th there's, it, it's cool being able to, uh, take things from, uh, um, visual elements from different places and assembling it into a collage that, uh, is unrecognizable to the viewer, um, where they don't know where you got it and, 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 in inducing a response from that. So in addition to being obviously a founding member of Rabbit and the Moon, you work here on the Insomniac side. You are an experienced creator, as, as, as we call ourselves. Uh, but your job is, is unique in that you not only have to kind of change things up and, and, and get people excited who come to our shows, but you also have to kind of toe that line between your own personal creativity, uh, the other teams at Insomniac that you're working with, the performers, the stage, that you all have to work in concert with one another. How do you find ways to kind of still express yourself creatively and have it be uniquely you, but still kind of uh, funnel that through the infrastructure that is a company like Insomniac? Uh, it's not easy. Um, you know, it, uh, being an artist, your, your view is uh, very focused and... Uh, trying to get other people to see your vision. I, I mean, a lot of it has, it comes with time. You know, I've been with Insomniac since 2008 and uh, people have gotten to trust my visions, you know, like for Escape, you know, that like people are scared of uh, of horror and it, I live in that world in, in my head. It's, it, you know, things like EDC, the lighter side of things, uh, you know, that's not completely uh, my character and my creativity, uh, but uh, being able to, I, 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 being an artist and being able to channel different people, uh, uh, you know, channeling what I, I try to see through Pasquale's eyes and what he wants to see and, um, you know, filtering that with rose-colored glass. Um, as, as far as, you know, creativity, you know, I, I started, like, as being a, a front man of a band that Pasquale booked and I mean we headlined the first EDC and he loved the performance aspect of what we did and he was like can you bring that to my festival and that's how I started working with Insomniac but uh, um, as far as other creative creativity you know he uh, he's like can you do you do performance stuff so can you uh, how about video I, I need a trailer f for this festival and uh, then it's, I started doing the trailers and directing uh, videos for Insomniac, and it's just snowballed. Uh, I mean, my title is Director of Imagination, and that kind of lets me go wherever I need to go. You know, it. it um, the main thing is any any good artist artistic endeavor takes takes a village, and uh, you know we've got a good village here, and uh, 
you know, not one person does any, it does everything. And, uh, you know, it has to be a group, group effort. And, you know, uh, that's what we try to attain. Wide awake stories from insomniac. So what I didn't tell you is after our interview, I locked Bunny in the recording studio and I wouldn't uh, let him out until he gave us a brand new Rabbit in the Moon track to debut on Wide Awake Story. So here is the tune. It's Feet Don't Touch the Ground. New Rabbit in the Moon. Uh, if you're going to EDC Orlando, make sure to check them out. You will probably hear this song and you will be happy that you stuck around.
to Wide Awake Stories. That was Bunny's track, Feet Don't Touch the Ground. Yeah, that tune really brings out the breakbeat head in me a lot. A lot of good funky breaks in that one. I could hear his industrial influence in there too, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. If you've met Bunny or if you've seen Rabbit in the Moon, you know that there can only be one Bunny. From who his influences were to wanting to uh, be a little bit uh, little, a little bit Hitler? Hitler? What's up with that? <laughs> What's up? Yeah. Mind control. We need someone like Bunny here at Insomniac to bring that creative juice the creative juju out of everyone yeah, he brings the real for sure if, you, if you were at escape uh, you saw for the first time this year we always have haunts at escape and we always work with some amazing people to put those together but the asylum at escape was uh over the top over the top and that, and that was bunny's brainchild it was disturbing and frightening and scary and if you went through it you probably feel the same way as I do. I'm still having nightmares. Yeah, if you ever wanted to know what it's like inside Bunny's head, that was it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Wide Awake Stories. And uh, and again, this show is all about you guys. If you have a story that you want to share with us, whether it was about self-expression or plur or anything else, uh, your, your outfits, you know, what you think of us as hosts, what you'd like to see at the next Insomniac show, what you think of the new Bass Nectar album, what you don't like about the new Hardwell record. <laughs> if you have any thoughts about Eric Prids, uh, David would love to know what those are. David's a big <laughs> <Hold> fan. <laughs> Hashtag Wide Awake Stories. If you're looking for the show, you can find uh, past episodes on the Insomniac Events YouTube channel, SoundCloud, uh, Mixcloud, for all you people still holding it down in the Mixcloud world, and uh, of course, searching Wide Awake Stories on iTunes. So who do we have next, Dave Matthews Band? We have the one and only Lady Casa. Yeah, Lady Casa is a pretty colorful character. If you know who she is, she really needs no introduction. If you don't know who she is, I encourage you to open up a browser, go to Google, and type in Lady Casa, and you can see exactly why she is a prime candidate to talk about self-expression. I mean, visually, she's probably one of the most self-expressive people that I've seen at our shows. No, stunning. And, and she always uh, has a new outfit for every show. She always likes to look different. She likes to have different looks and different vibes about what she does. She really takes a lot of care in putting together her, her festival attire and, and really gets into the spirit. And the reason we wanted to speak with Lady Casa is because she defines what self-expression is in the festival world. And really, the reason why she's so known within the festival world is because she chooses to self-express herself everywhere in every which way you can imagine. But she also inspires others to express themselves. So there's no way to talk about self-expression without talking to Lady Casa. Wide Awake Stories from Insomniac. Headliner Highlights. I'm A-Ray, and I'm sitting with somebody who wears many crowns, including Candy Queen, Plur Warrior, Healer, but most notably, Lady Casa. Out of all the roles that you play, is there a persona that you identify with most? I wouldn't say there's one necessarily, like, a persona that I identify with. I think this whole um, expression of myself that I've had over these last uh, six years it's been about has evolved, really. I've been going to uh, festivals and, and associated myself as a raver since I was uh, like 12, 1999, 12 years old, 11 years old. As soon as, as, soon as I heard techno music or the, you know, the term techno and it's uh, you know association with being a raver, I, I really identified myself as a raver. I started attending Ultra in 2002 
and I think it was in the tent my 10th ultra so by the time I was about uh, 22 23 that I was like you know what it's time for me to give back to the young ravers I had been that young raver had been that young person in the group that was always taken care of and I felt finally that I needed to create some sort of figure uh, that I could be looked up to so I think there was a time that I was I was about 23 24 and I had I had young friends they were like 16 17 18 they came over to like make candy with me and I would counsel teenagers um, either in person or in text or through social media. They would call me on the phone. I mean, they were just telling me their teenage So you problems. were like mama casa as well? Yes, yes. Mama casa was another thing that I was called often. I wouldn't say that there's like one, you know, um, back to the question, you know, one person that I identify more. It's more of like it evolved, you know, even with the candy, it was like, okay, I had candy outfits and then I started doing stones on the candy and then I did chakra outfits and a lot of it stems back to the time I went to um, the Yucatan. So this was um, December 2012. There was like that big hype about it being the end of the world and, um, you know, the, the Mayan prophecy that were shifting into a new time and I went to the Mayan ruins in Mexico. It wasn't necessarily a music festival or anything, it was more of like a spiritual gathering and I met spiritual leaders from all over the world. I mean, people had written books, I mean, just like really amazing, like high vibrational, spiritual, like like people with a lot of wisdom to share. And I met some um, native tribe leaders and they, I was informed about a prophecy which was called the prophecy of the eighth fire. And it's supposed to be that humanity, or that we have, yeah, that we've reached a time, humanity was gonna reach a time where we would be at the crossroad between materialism and destruction and spirituality and love. And then it would take the rainbow warriors to lead us into the direction of spirituality and love. To me, what the Rainbow Warriors meant was all of us. You know, we're at a time where we, I mean, back to what this article is about, self-expression. Mm -hmm. You know, people are really, we're a rainbow people more than ever. Whether it's uh, your your race, your cultural background, your sexual orientation, we just have so many expressions um, of, of humans at this point. So th that's what I saw. It's a, a rainbow people that was gonna lead us into the direction of spirituality and love and, and that fit in so well with the rave mantra of peace, love, unity, and respect. Yes. And I took that prophecy and I took that that journey, that spiritual journey that I went on and I, you know, made a story and a character of my own to bring back to um, the, you know, the people who looked up to me. Creating festival fashions seems to come natural to you. Like, what is it about dressing up and having props that appeals to you the most? Um, so I actually, for a while, I thought I was going to be a, a medical uh, practitioner mm -hmm. and I took a, tar a sharp turn um, from my medical career and started full-time as a go-go dancer. So a lot of my inspiration comes from my work as a dancer in the Miami nightlife scene. And I'm sure the music too, right? Yeah, I mean, um, the music is very tied in. That's one of the reasons why becoming a dancer was so appealing to me because I was working in, in um, you know, some of the best nightclubs in Miami with some of the top, you know, uh, DJs and producers that I really admired and looked up to. Um, a lot of my inspiration comes from my work. 
I think also like the community, the rage community, you, you see so many different expressions. You see a lot of trends and you just see people very um, free, you know, and I think when you have that sense of freedom, it really allows communities and groups of people to be expressive and artistic. From the outside looking in, Burning Man seems like a place for radical self-expression. Yes, that's actually one of the principles. And you seem like you fit in perfect there. And like we said before, you even hosted a meditation yeah, class. Everyone fits in perfect there. That's like one of the things. Uh, radical inclusion is another one of the principles. Radical self-expression as well. Um, I've been to four Burning Mans and it, I don't even consider it a festival experience. As I was telling you, over 70,000 people attend. It's technically considered a city. <laughs> and it is a slice of really progressed humanity. It is some of the most progressed spiritually uh, spiritual like spiritual creative free people I've ever been around I mean it's really something special that is like the most free I have personally ever felt um, the most free I've seen a large amount of people being like they're just very it's very free and when you have freedom especially to that level um, you get to experience humans really expressing themselves and it's beautiful to see. What do you think of people who have a negative connotation on the characteristics of rave culture, them thinking it's somewhat juvenile and the colors and the expression? What's a good message that can be sent to them to help them understand? Um, I think having an open mind is probably the best thing because, you know, on the surface it may look juvenile with the dressing up and the, um, and the, the candy, candy. Um, you know I could even think of someone saying it's like overly sexualized or provocative I know a trend in um, in rave fashion has been a little um, skimpier less clothes um, but you know I think the connection with the drug culture and you know thinking that it's just a bunch of drug addicts that, you know, have no direction in life. I think those are really close-minded people that aren't really giving the culture a chance or really understanding what we're about. Anyone that goes to Burning Man or anyone that's like that type of open-minded person would never think that about um, our culture. It's people that are, you know, perhaps don't understand this, that are just looking at the media or, you know, hearsay, they're, they're not really delving into the culture and it's not even that I want to like convert people or you know like have them be a part of it necessarily but it's more about like having an open mind and seeing how beautiful it can be and how expressive it is and how welcoming it is and how our world needs a culture like ours you know really not just um at these actual festivals but to have people that affiliate themselves with the culture and then carry those characteristics out into the world. You couldn't have said that any better. Our world needs a culture, which it certainly does. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's, it, you can learn a lot from it. So, you know, just being free and, and you know, I think the, the fashion thing that I said, wearing less, that for some people that's their way of being free and expressive. And I don't think it should be looked down upon. Well, I think self-expression is so important because um, you could really send a message um, either with costuming or symbolism in your costume or um, following a certain fashion trend. Uh, I think it goes beyond just um, 
expressing what's on the outside or expressing what what's popular at the time I think it can also be an expression of what's in your heart and um, an expression of your beliefs wide awake stories from insomniac You're tuned in to Wide Awake Stories, and that was uh, Lady Casa, the one and only. You know, it was cool to hear where inspiration came from, you know, how many communities and cultures went into her putting together all these intricate and amazing outfits. Yeah, it really is about the evolution of her self-expression that that hit home more for me than any other part of her story. A lot of people at our shows go through that. They go through their introductory period of dance music when they're just kind of tagging along with a friend and figuring it out and then they get more self-expressive with their outfits and then maybe they make a little candy and then maybe for Halloween they dress up and I think every headliner has uh, a a way that their self-expression kind of evolves uh, just like Lady Casa. I mean you don't have to be someone who dresses in in outrageous garb and and, and always has new outfits to, to really have a progression yourself. If you want to put a face to the voice you just heard, Lady Casa, check out her social media at Lady Casa on Instagram and Twitter. And while you're at it, hit us up, hashtag Wide Awake Stories. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, all this talk about self-expression makes me want to get up and, and wall twerk on here right now. <laughs> <laughs> Please do it, Ratch. No, I don't know. There's there's no video. That's the pay-per-view. <laughs> that paywall. <laughs> pay, that's, that's paywall. That paywall content. This is Wide Awake Stories. Broadcasting from the Insomniac HQ. If you like what you hear, I know we only do Wide Awake Stories once a month, but Insomniac.com is always broadcasting new content every day about people in the scene, people in the culture, things that are happening here and abroad. So make sure to uh, check out Insomniac.com and all the original content we've got on there. That concludes another episode of Wide Awake Stories. Uh, What do we got coming up on our next episode? It's going to be all about community. Dance music culture is made up of so many different communities. I mean, you've got communities of people who come to shows. You've got artist collectives who work together. You've got DJs who work in crews and cliques. You've got online communities. I mean, there's so many different ways to define community in dance music culture today. And we'll be diving right into communities in the next episode of Wide Awake Stories. So let us know about your community or what community means to you. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, hashtag Wide Awake Stories. So that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to Wide Awake Stories. John, you're off to EDC Orlando next, right? I'm off to EDC Orlando to find your stories. So if you see me with the microphone, hit me up and let's chat. And for those of you who are heading to our first ever EDC India in a couple of weeks, have a blast, have safe travels, take a bunch of photos, hit us up on the hashtag, and let us know how it went down. And for the festival that happens... 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, insomniac.com. You do not want to miss some epic news that we have about EDC coming up. And we're also going to be sharing some big news about Middlelands. So stay tuned to insomniac.com. Catch you next month here on Wide Awake Stories. Peace out. Tune in next month for a new episode of Wide Awake Stories.